Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! But this thing we did last night. So for Christmas, I bought Sarah. Uh, it's like a monthly date night subscription thing. And so I thought we would give it a try. So we, and then my nanny family gave us a nice gift card to a, a local Korean restaurant uh, in Andersonville called mm-hmm. Jinju, which was mm, so good. So we spent all, right. all of that gift card uh, yep. <laughs> buying fuck tons of Korean food. And so we ate a delicious meal. And then we did this get, get this date night subscription box that had come. That's it's the it's called Crated Crated with Love, C-R-A-T-E-D with love uh and i did a little quick a little google searching around when i was looking for to buy one of these i had the idea and i was like yeah let's do that and i was looking and this one it's like 35 bucks a, a month or something like that mm-hmm. and they send you a different themed date night various activities and yeah so we opened it up this one was a it was like a what is it called it's called into hungry waters and it was a shark themed date night they prepare a Spotify playlist with each box, which was really funny because it was all these songs like "Shark in the Water," you know, like, <laughs> hey, there's a shark," in the water. Yep. Uh, or like "Hungry like Eyes," but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Um, and so, yeah, it was a really cute, good time. Uh, and we we're gonna stick with it for at least the next one, see what they send. But it's worth checking out; they're fun. Uh, Sarah and I had a good time with it, especially when we can't like go out anywhere for a date night, it's nice yeah. to have something different to do after nine months of 10 months of chilling out in our yeah. apartment together. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, though, we're talking about boy meets world. Yes, we are. It's season four, episode 20. Yes. yes I got it right. <laughs> I closed my eyes and I imagined it. It's 20. Um, yes. I don't the remember title. the title. <laughs> The title is Security Guy. Security Guy. Security Guy. Mm, that's it. That's the one. This is an episode that I feel like I constantly forget about, but it is so good. It's a good one. I cried for sure. And also, the trivia for today is that this is the soundbite which I took for our theme song. Yes, it is the, the the Feeny call that we used in our, or you used, I should say. You made it <laughs> in our theme song. The trio of Feeny calls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a great episode. I enjoy this one a lot. Yeah. Um, there's some. There's like one kind of critical thing about it that bugs me. I but, feel like we, I, I'm interested to see what the critical thing about it is for you because I also have something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm uh-huh. wondering if it's the same thing, but we'll get into it. Ooh, exciting. Let's find out. So first I'm on the recap though, right? Yes. All righty. And away we go. Eric pays $5,000 to have a bear at the shop, but they can't have the customers in. So Alan fires him. Eric doesn't think he's actually fired. Then Amy's like, no, you're fired. Get out. And then Feeney is like, Eric's lazy. And they're like, no, he's not. And they're like, yes, you babied him. And Alan's upset because he realized he raised him with kid gloves. Eric wants to move out and he gets a new job as a security guy. And Alan's like, I fucked up. It's my fault that you're like this. And Eric, you should try harder. And then Eric sits out and tries harder. And Corey and Topanga and Sean do SAT stuff. Time. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Do SAT stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had. I was running short. It's a meaty episode. There's a lot in it. Yeah, there really is. 
specifically yeah. with Eric, but even with Corey and Topanga and Sean. Yeah. There's sure. still quite a there's bit a going on there. I feel like they've been prepping for SATs forever. And that's not true. They've only been doing it for like three or four episodes. <laughs> and it's because we space them out. It's because we're not binging the show. We're like spacing it out. But I'm like, they've been studying for SATs forever. <laughs> not true. Yeah. Well, which is true to form. If you're a junior in high school, it does feel like you're always doing SAT or That's ACT prep. So Even true. if you've already taken it once, then you're doing more prep to take it again, aren't you? Yeah. Like, I guess, I don't know. That's not necessarily true for me. I didn't. But, oh, I didn't do any studying for the uh, ACT. I didn't study for the ACT. I took it once mm -hmm. and said, cool, I guess I'll take it one more time. And I said, yep, that'll do. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> So, and I did not want, I didn't enroll in any ACT prep courses. I didn't take, uh, I didn't even have an ACT prep course book. I think I maybe took a practice ACT once in my English class, maybe. Like oh, it was a, it was something we did in class, I'm a, but it was not something, it was like a part of a normal school class. Like I took uh -huh. a practice ACT. So what did you learn? <laughs> a lot in this one. Yes. Um, I went first last week. What did you learn, Megan? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I was like, I'll ask him and see if it, he uh, just jumps on it. Basically, I learned that some of the best things in life, they take a lot of hard work, but it's work that is worth doing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, getting into college is not easy. Finding a life path is not easy. Uh, for Ronnie going back and doing all of his studies basically all over again is not easy, but it's work that's worth doing because what's on the other side is going to be either more fulfilling or just better, better for you, better in general. That's not always the case, but I feel like if it's something that, in Eric's case, it's something that is going to be better because he's actually going to find something he loves on the other side instead of just being lumped into the family business or taking the first position that comes along. He could actually study and continue to go places. Yeah, I think it it is probably best summed up with this idea that doing hard things, you know, we can do hard things, right? Is something that like I say to the six-year-old in my life a lot uh yep. <laughs> you know she often complains about so she's in virtual school obviously because of covid and chicago and uh so they have as a part of their schedule every day there's like a literacy independent and a math independent time of day where she has her like choice board and every week there are six activities and she chooses one activity each day, leaving obviously one activity out. And so she'll often peg the what she deems to be hardest one on Monday and be like, well, not doing that this week. And in the event that there are two that she pegs as like really hard or difficult or time consuming, mm -hmm. she gets really complaining about it. And I'm like, all right, we can you can do hard things. OK, and. Uh, and so we have to like really work ourselves through that sometimes. And so this idea being that like the easy way out obviously is the easy way out is rarely the best way out, mm -hmm. the most fulfilling way out. I should maybe in that just because something is difficult doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. 
fear fear of adversity and difficult or fear of hard work really shouldn't stand in your way of pursuing something mm-hmm. in general really i mean you know that's that's the succinctness of it um because that's the thing eric's constantly just easy way outing himself and that's what feeney says too he's like he could get passing grades in his sleep and he did yeah Uh, he passed effectively in his sleep and they're trying to work sean up into doing the difficult thing obviously and of course so yeah it's this this idea that you need to the things worth doing often take hard work. I love so many moments in this episode. And I love Eric in this episode. It's it's kind of tricky because we just obviously went through Uncle Daddy where Eric's like, yeah, maybe I should retake my SATs. And so I feel like we've had this before, so it's a little redundant. But at the same time, this is... That's my problem. That's my big a, critical issue. <laughs> is it? My One of my biggest critical... Well, I guess there's two, really. One of my big critical issues is that Uncle Daddy ends with Eric saying he's going to go study for the SATs. Yep. And then, and then in this episode, when he's encouraged to take the SATs, he's like, nah, I already did it. Yeah. And I'm like, that was two episodes ago. He resolved. And also. And do it. (laughs) He said something about taking them like three or four times. And the way they make it sound in this episode is like, it's it's his second time. Yeah. Which I also found interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I have another critical. Critical issue, and that is yes. the Eric getting fired. <laughs> yeah, when he is isn't well. Isn't he a part owner? Yeah, because they paid for his. Because <laughs> they bought it out of his money, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe we're to a point where this is illogical from a business standpoint but they could be at a point now where the college fund has been restored and eric's off the hook because they obviously they took some of his college funds and he's like oh great blah 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 but throughout the process because they've owned this store for probably like i don't know six months seven months now mm-hmm. and if they're turning enough of a profit maybe they've started to put money back into his college fund but yes i agree with you that that seems From a business standpoint, it seems illogical. Also, yes, he should be considered part owner since it was his money that was used, regardless of whether or not, I mean, not regardless of whether or not you pay it back. It's a small Obviously, if you take a loan out of a bank and you pay it back, the bank does not own that anymore. But it's a a small detail, but I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was your critical point of issue? Is it after Ronnie? No, actually, it doesn't. It has to do with it has to do with Alan's moment where and I understand the purpose of this, but I just have a hard time. This is something that I've actually been thinking about a lot, I would say, in the past six months, seven months, something like that. When you do something extraordinary, that's when your parents tell you they're proud of you. And Uh that's the only time your parents tell you they're proud of you. And so when Alan says that, it's a very powerful moment. And I understand he means that he's not just proud of him because he got a good score on the SAT. It's because of the hard work and whatever. But it's frustrating that that is 
everything it took for Alan to say that to Eric. Because I don't think we've ever heard that from Alan before to any of them. And this is, I feel like, a trend not only in television, but in real life, too. I feel like we oftentimes will only hear parents say, I'm proud of you when it's like a big moment in your life. Yes, I hear what you're saying. And maybe a parent, yes. I don't know. I don't know. There's a weird thing with this whole parents telling kids I'm proud of you narrative, right? I often find myself in situations commending this six and three-year-old in my life on their work. And I feel like I often find myself saying, like, you know, good work. You should be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um they both have a pretty healthy self-esteem. <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> uh, for for six, as far as six and three-year-olds go, in fact, the six-year-old often finishes a drawing or something and goes, "I'm like really proud of this," and I'm like, and you're "Good like, for good. you. That's great." Well, and I think that that's I think that that's good. Something as simple as just drawing something really well and being like, "I'm really proud of this drawing. This thing that really means nothing or contributes to nothing. It just makes me happy, and I'm proud of the." the the work I put into it and the way it looks, mm-hmm. I feel like that's perfectly like, great job, I'm proud of you. Like that's, uh, there's, or like I did a, I feel like I did such a good job. This makes me happy, I'm proud of myself. I feel like that's way different than like these big moments in life when your parents are like, I'm proud of you. And you're like, are you proud of me because of what I've accomplished? Or are you... I, I don't know. It just, it's something about it just doesn't sit well with me and it hasn't mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe I, I'm overthinking it, but I'm not a yeah. parent also. So I don't know. I can't sit down and pinpoint moments in my life where my parents had a big emotional display of telling me they were proud of me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's, I know what's happened. Yeah. But I cannot like pinpoint a bunch of them. And I can also never pinpoint a moment where I like went through some crisis of that, that sort of existential dread of like, my parents aren't proud of me. You know, I never experienced that disconnect, I guess. And so I don't, I don't know. I guess they did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, Uh, my, my parents... I'm not even, I wouldn't even say I have a personal experience with this because I have never questioned my parents' pride in me. I just, it's something that has struck me for other people in my life that I've seen struggle with this. And then also Mm -hmm. in the media and pop culture, when you see, like in How I Met Your Mother, when all Robin wants really is for her dad to tell her that he's proud of her and stuff like that. It's something that's just kind of a constant theme especially when it comes to like toxic masculinity, your dad never told you he was proud of you and he never gave you a hug or like when Mm -hmm. it's fragile women, it's because you never heard that from your dad or whatever. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a very, I feel like it's a, it's kind of a constant that no one ever really thinks about or considers. And it's something that I've been thinking about and just became relevant in this episode for me. Yeah. That's fair. I could be fair. totally alone on this, but no, it's a pervasive it's something that I've been thing. thinking about. Sure. Yeah. I will say, though, as a second born, this is an incredibly validating episode for me. 
because <laughs> mm. they talk about like coddling him and he's our firstborn. We raised him differently. We loved him differently. And as a second born, I remember bringing some of these things up with my parents as I was growing up, how I was treated different than Ben, how I, you know, all this different, all these different things. My parents were, well, yeah, we raised you differently because you're a girl, but like overarching, we raised you the same. And I'm like, it's not the same. And I know from a second born standpoint, I'm like, things were different for him than they are for me. And I'm sure he would say the same thing. He'd probably uh-huh. be like, you babied the second born, you babied the baby of the family. But uh-huh. I feel like I was more independent as a kid. Oh yeah. So I, I definitely, I know that. you feel the same way. Yeah. I, know oh, yeah. You feel the same way. I mean, as the youngest of four, mm-hmm. I, my, you know, my brothers would constantly complain that I was babied as the baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But I certainly feel that I had a, a enormous hands-off approach yes. <laughs> to my upbringing and that I achieved a lot of independence before, you know, by the time I was 16. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. My brothers don't listen to this podcast, I think, and hope. Wow. I'm fairly sure they don't. It would come as a surprise to me if any of them did. Uh, now, my my oldest brother, Spencer, that I don't know, you know, I, I see some similarities in the, in the journey that Eric is going through and that Spencer had like a, he, he was never the greatest student, but he's intelligent and didn't always want to like fully commit to applying his hardest work into those scholastic endeavors and yeah. then he went to college briefly and then he dropped out and kind of fumbled around for a little while doing different jobs, much like Eric's doing. Yeah. And then I think, you know, the difference being that Eric finds himself in college and finishing it through Spencer found himself in the Navy. Um, you know, it's, in- it's interesting that Eric ends up recruited into security. Yeah. He's in my mind, he is one step closer towards a role in the arms forces Mm -hmm. and i i should put some caveat here i'm not shitting on anybody that goes into the armed forces and is a service member in in any american military agency um you know like good on you i hope you were very proud of your decision and and thank you and i hope you're very confident in in your role um and that's awesome but there there is no shortage of data suggesting that military recruitment takes somebody like eric Mm -hmm. who is early 20s fit not sure what they're doing Mm -hmm. tells you hey here's a home for you steady paycheck a place to live and a job and you're like all right (laughs) uh you know it checks all my boxes i guess so like there's Maybe a problematic pipeline there. And I think that he's in a security agency here is truly one concerned teacher, Feeney, away from being recruited into the army. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is not a bad thing. It's just worth noting mm-hmm. that th- those are the kinds of humans that the American military actively recruits. I feel like there's really no way for me to comment on it without sounding disparaging. So I apologize. <laughs> That's fair. I, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. Uh, I, there's something psychological too about like, I mean, you're powerless, right? Yeah. You're lost and you're powerless. 
and an American militaristic standpoint involves a lot of power. Yes. <laughs> obviously. And and so you are not only be, being promised some sort of purpose and money and a home, but also power. So it's it's giving you everything you theoretically as a human being want. Yeah. And it at gives a moment you when you have none of it. Also <laughs> this uh sense of family I've heard. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially I read last year uh the book by Robert O'Neill. It's called The Operator. I mean, it's just riddled with like these were my brothers. These this is my family. Like this is their the camaraderie that takes place in a military setting is just uh, unparalleled. I would imagine it I would liken it to the cast of a show where your director is a, a piece of shit and you all have to band together and uh create a show basically from scratch without any <laughs> and you all are like in it together and you're like yeah we're we have to put this on ourselves because our uh -huh. director is the worst yeah we've been which there. i have experience with mm -hmm. sure. anyway um, all that to say <laughs> all of that to say that this episode rings pretty true to life i think yeah and and having a teacher like feeny having a person in your life that cares enough about you because what Feeny in this episode and I'm tipping my hand Feeny in this episode cares so much about Eric and Corey and Sean and Topanga and gives so much of himself mm -hmm. to them and and they all four of them get a moment of like recognizing that which is awesome yes. Yes. Um, very, two very emotional, wonderful moments. And so it's having that sort of influence in your life truly can change your life at a moment when you are so wildly unsure of what you may be going through. Yes. Having a steady hand who has confidence in you mm -hmm. when you have no confidence in yourself Especially, is so valuable. Yeah. Especially someone that you admire, that mm -hmm. you know and look up to because like if you I mean there's so many people who could say something uh, nice about you but it really holds no weight because you have don't have any sort of I can't think of the word that I connection, connection yeah connection with yeah. them but because of Eric and Feeney's connection it just means that much more and mm -hmm. and with Corey Sean Topanga obviously as well I got a really dumb grin on my face after the Corey Sean Topanga scene when Corey lingers and just like oh. smiles goofily at him I and know. they're like, oh, they love each other. I know, <laughs> it's so cute. It's so cute. It made me smile a lot. Yeah, it's just, it's so important. And that's, you know, I, I, I don't know that I was ever as unsure of myself as Eric. I may have been in similar positions to Corey and Sean and Topanga. And, and I had, thankfully, an incredible supporting a couple of incredible supporting teachers in my life that took genuine interest in my life and committed their time to supporting things and and putting their confidence in me that I know made a difference you know and I know how uh formative that sort of support was mm -hmm. for me in pursuing a number of things, you know, my especially pursuing theater as a career. I had crazy involved, supportive, amazing high school theater teachers and arts and choir teachers and arts teachers in general and English teachers and history teachers that, so I, I truly had so many amazing, wonderful teachers that, you know, thank God 
bolstered and supported me in so many ways. So just hats off to our good teachers, damn it. <laughs> so true. If anything, I feel like this is, uh, it is an Eric episode, but it's also an episode that really speaks to a good educator and the mm -hmm. power that they can have. Yeah, this one really makes me think a lot of that. Bill Daniels when he's asked to be on the show and he's like, I won't malign teachers. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, it is, it's a noble profession. It's, and he, when he like told the producers and everything, he's like, I'm not going to do it if you're going to make a joke. Yes. A teacher. Like I won't be Absolutely. the joke. And this episode really holds a candle to that, I guess. It, it mm -hmm. really is emblematic of that approach. And it's great. It's great yeah. for that, obviously. It's so much better. You know, obviously there's, how many teacher characters have there been on TV uh, that were the butt of a joke? And do you remember their names? Or did you learn your, your <laughs> did you learn how to be a human from Mr. Feeney? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Obviously. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, for sure. Mad respect, obviously, for his commitment. And uh, I've, I've said it a million times that a good teacher means everything. So, yes. One thousand percent. Oh, pay our teachers. Pay them. So pay them. Damn it. Fired. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, my MVP is Feeney. I think I already made that pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, definitely. I think Feeney is the MVP of this one. Obviously, oh, yeah. it feels like um, it doesn't even necessarily feel like an MVP of this episode specifically because you could also say Alan is because he's the one who really lays things out for Eric but over again and I said this in the previous episode over the culmination of these last four years that we have seen where Feeney is mentoring and he's working his ass off to to have these students not only value their education but get a good education it, it all kind of leads to this moment right here Mm -hmm. where they are finally realizing that there there's there's like a almost like a tangible payoff when they get those SAT scores which there shouldn't need to be but the fact that there is solidifies it in them and it feels like 4 years in the making and then this is this is it Feeney he did it like he he did this for you if Feeney weren't there you might not have this Sean would not have this Eric would not have this Topanga and Corey debatable Topanga definitely Corey, yeah. debatable. But right. yes, Feeney's hard work, his persistence, his care, his love, and his patience is what made this possible. Mm -hmm. We've had so, I feel like in many ways, I don't know, I'm sure they felt confident in a season five, but it feels like in so many ways, things could have been like a series finale for these last couple episodes. Yeah. You know, like we have the big dramatic long walk to Pittsburgh and we like cement that. And now, like, Eric's been going through a lot of tumultuous shit. He's had this uncle-daddy thing. And now, like, we're cementing that he's gone on a path. And we're cementing that Sean is going on a path. Like, we're we're starting to, like, really lay down what could be finishes for otherwise high school characters, you know? And and then, like, again, with our next episode, we got some big shit yeah. in, in cult fiction. We oh. got some, some real real Ooh. big dramatic stuff it's funny the it popped up like auto playing almost on the next one yeah the description said no i didn't read it it literally just said sean joins a cult oh, <laughs> that's, okay. that's all the description of the next you know episode says on Disney Plus. <laughs> and i was just like <laughs> that, that's all that's it 
That's the laziest description of an episode. <laughs> Make that our episode description. Sean joins a cult. <laughs> yeah, we don't even need 30 seconds. That's it. That's, That's all it. that happens. It's going to be the recap next week. Anyway, I was just thinking. Great, because so, it's mine. And that's, that's so it. easy for me to remember. Perfect. <laughs> Continue. No, I was just thinking that like, in many ways, if you were, if, if I, a producer, were unsure of us hitting a new, a next season, mm-hmm. I don't remember actually what the last episode of this season is after cult fiction. I don't, I don't remember what necessarily happens. Is it the college trip where they go to the, the stupid yes, beach trip? Which stupid. Is so... Stupid. Anyway. Yeah, it's um... a dumb season finale. <laughs> and maybe they didn't know until like that episode and they had it, they didn't have anything like really written out and they were like, we have to scramble together real fast and find something that has like a loose end that we can tie right. into season five. Like it feels like, wait, 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 you wanted 22 in. episodes. We yeah, only exactly. wrote 21. <laughs> anyway, it does feel like in many ways, excluding that one, things here are almost as if they're like trying to wrap things up for the series. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They're taking their SATs. They're on their way. Eric's going to college. Corey and Topanga have overcame the biggest hurdle of their lives. Like we were checking the box for everybody. Yeah. Hey, you know, Alan has found his home with the store and Amy is supported. Like everyone's gotten what they needed. So I don't know. It's interesting. I've never considered that like this almost does feel like it could be a conclusion of the series, but then obviously we have three more to go. But I kind of wish that this was the season finale. This episode? Yeah. I wish that you put yeah. you lump uh, the college trip and cult fiction. I, it's not possible because obviously the whole point of the season finale is that they're going to see colleges that Eric has could potentially go to. So I understand that it's not possible. Just get rid of that episode. Get Mm -hmm. rid of it. We don't need it. And then put cult fiction before these two, even before, Mm -hmm. even just before this one, we can do, Mm -hmm. we can do a quiz show. And then this is the season finale. finale. I'm with you. That's a better organization because the cult fiction one bug like, again it bugs me because sean derails so hard after having just feeling like he cemented in some ways yes which so, i, I mean it was it was due we haven't had like a sean being sure. overly dramatic he derailed in a while. while yeah <laughs> <laughs> true uh yes i think a little bit of a reorganization strike the would have been a more well trajected a, a stronger trajectory stronger momentum that's what i'm looking for mm-hmm. if it had been quiz show then cult fiction then this is the finale cut the college trip thing yeah that episode is dumb yeah can't wait to shit on it I know. <laughs> now i'm excited for it i did have one parting question yeah, yeah. just because you brought it up earlier and you asked me if i had a problem with ronnie do you have a problem with ronnie no i mean it, it i think he's done well yes there's a trope of and course. a stereotype here yep. that this this uh, this man comes from his country to America and he's an engineer and, and now he yeah but but that's also true in many ways mm-hmm. uh, there is there is truth to what happens and I think he's done pretty respectfully he's a bit of a caricature maybe sure. You like dips it, it, but but I think in general, it's fine. I was like, I don't know, should we like, should I read this harder than it is, or or should I be like, no, this is okay, because I, I think it's okay. I think because he is so insightful to Eric in this moment, mm-hmm. he he almost got my MVP. 
Yeah. To be honest. If it, it wasn't was kind of a, yeah, kind of a trope, then I think he would have gotten my MVP because. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do like what he says, where he's like, no, I'm an engineer. <laughs> yes, and then as soon as he, like, Eric's like, but this is what you do. You picked this, too. He's like, no, I'm an engineer, and this is going to show the world. Like, this is mm -hmm. going to prove it. And mm -hmm. I think that is a very powerful moment, especially for Eric to witness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's good. And you know what? He's a cutie and such a nice guy. <laughs> he is. He's so sweet. He's very he's cute. So sweet he's to Eric nice. and patient and understanding. He's so nice to everyone he meets. He's so happy to meet everyone. He's so kind. What yeah. a cutie. I like Ronnie. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's it for me. Great. Yeah. That's a, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening, y'all. Check us out online. We have various things on the social medias, Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebook. And you can email us at the Feeny Call Podcast. That's us. Feeny Call We're... Podcast at Gmail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that part of the, that part, you know. Yes. Um, we're coming up. We're rounding the bend. We're very excited. Coming around on season five in just wow. a few weeks. It's exciting. It is exciting. Get Go get a vaccine when you can. Absolutely. I know it'll be a minute, but do it. It's great. I haven't. <laughs> I don't know why I I'm, prom no. I'm promoting it as, as if I could have. As if we're Just not like saying, the opposite demographic of what they're looking for right now. <laughs> right, that I am the literal bottom of the list. And that's yes. fine. I'll you continue know? to wear my mask and be safe and yeah. social distance and X, Y, and Z until, until it's my turn. I will wait patiently. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, support your local restaurants mm -hmm. and stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. It's always stay in school, isn't it? And do the hard things because you can. We can do hard things, guys. Mm -hmm. We can. Yes, we can. Class dismissed. <laughs>